Hello, everyone. Welcome back to It's All Geek to Me, a podcast where we discuss anything and everything geek related. I'm Trey. And I'm Tim. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and sharing. Send us a message and follow us on Instagram. Let us know what you'd like to hear next. Holy smokes, Batman! It's a whole episode on Batman. Join us as we talk about our favorite world's greatest detective, as well as dive into the latest rendition of the character. Because you know, it's all geek to me. If it's a comic book or a comic movie, it's all geek to me. If it's some sort of game or a show on TV, it's all geek to me. If it's a play or ballet, I agree. If it's a car, a sword, a beach, or a tree, it's all, it's just all geek to me. All right, Trey, Batman, DC's probably one of the most well-known superhero on their roster, the world's greatest detective, the Dark Knight, I'm running out of names, but it's all about him today. What do you think? Initial thoughts? I think you hit it on the nail where this is probably the most well-known character in DC aside from Superman. But I would extend that and say this is probably the most well-known character ever, like comic book-wise. Everyone that you talk to, if you say, hey, you know about Batman? Everyone's going to know it's Bruce Wayne. Everyone's going to know who the character is. Everyone knows kind of what he's all about. Justice. I'm vengeance. That's true. (laughs) He is a well-known character. And so I'm really excited. We're going to get to talk about him. He's one of my favorite characters. He's not my favorite, but he's up there for me. So I'm excited. We're going to dive into it. I think one of the first things we have to talk about, though, is all the people who's played Batman up to this point. And I know we're going to miss some. We're not going to be able to hit all of them because a lot of people have voiced Batman in video games and movies and many different things. So we're kind of just going to hit some of the big ones especially the live action ones. And then we're going to hit one of the animated ones. So let's dive in. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I know for me, you probably have a lot more background with Batman. Uh, So kind of a turning of the tables here. Last week, I got to talk (laughs) a lot about Moon Knight. This time it's your turn. But let's just start from the beginning. Uh, One of the first Batmans that I remember, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. I've asked, so Michael Keaton was a little bit before my time. And so I haven't seen a ton with him, but the, the, the parts I have seen, I've really enjoyed. He was a great Batman, played it really well. Didn't need any of the CGI or anything today. It was all Keaton. It was. And I, I remember distinctly, maybe not Keaton himself as Batman, but within those movies, I remember the villains. Uh, you had the Joker as the first one, but I think more so, Danny freaking DeVito as the Penguin for Batman 2. Can we also just say, what a great casting. Like, <laughs> Danny DeVito as Penguin just makes sense. Like, it just, it, yeah, I just can't say anymore. It makes sense. I don't think we've really had any bad renditions of the Penguin, to be honest. Like, 
I, Danny DeVito was like one of the first live action ones that we've seen that I remember. And the next one that I remember is from that TV show Gotham. Yeah. And that one was also a good rendition. Yeah, we really haven't had a bad rendition of the Penguin, which is nice because I feel like the Penguin is a hard character to nail because of just like he's a very odd character. And so I like how everyone that's played him has done a really good job. But going from Michael Keaton, we have George Clooney. Right now, Clooney. (laughs) Yeah, Clooney's next. So Uh, actually, no. Before Clooney was Val Kimmer. That's right. Val Kilmer was next. My bad. I was like, ah, I knew I was missing one. Yeah. One of the most, I would have to say probably one of the most well-known Batman movies, which would be Batman Forever, if I'm thinking about the right one. But Val Kilmer uh, did it alongside Jim Carrey as the Riddler and um, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Faced. It was yep. one of the weirdest Batman movies. Kind of worked. Kind of didn't at times. But one that pretty much, if you're asking about a live-action Batman, aside from Christopher Nolan movies, you probably would pick this one as like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that one is that well-known Val Kilmer when Val Kilmer still looked like Val Kilmer. <laughs> You had that great look, that classic Dark Knight look. Jim Carrey as Riddler, though. Oh, my gosh. I also, I always forget how, like, good this cast is. Because, like, Tommy Lee Jones, I forgot that he played Two-Face. Drew Barrymore is in this movie as well. Like, I completely forgot she was in this movie. And, like, great casting. Nicole Kidman, also in this movie. Great all-around casting. Val Kilmer did a good job as the Batman. And I, th- I would say between the two, um, Val Kilmer and Michael Keaton, I will have to say I like Michael Keaton's better. I, I remember agree. those more uh, distinctly. Um, I just think the villains there were a lot better too. And so in order for you to be a good Batman, you have to have a good villain. That's true. And Batman is nothing without his villains. Batman Forever felt a little campy, and although Val Kilmer, I think, did a good job with it, it didn't age well, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, that's the unfortunate part, is it did not age well. Um, In my list, of we have seven. We have seven Batmans here. Kilmer is actually my fifth in my list. Okay. And Keaton is my fourth. I would probably put those in the exact same spot. Uh, Val Kilmer, not the bat, like the worst Batman. Uh, Michael Keaton, a little bit better. However, every time I think about Michael Keaton, I always think about the, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's that was unfortunate. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. the writing for those were, were where it lacked. <laughs> yeah, it was also a very different age of writing. The that age of of writing superheroes was is very different than it is now. I think superhero movies are taken a lot more seriously now. Um instead of more of your lighthearted like flick. Um but yeah, and you also have to remember Michael Keaton was coming right off the 
the shoes of Adam West, who was uh, the most campiest of all the Batmans. And that TV was for show, a reason. Man. Like, yeah. So I can't knock it. I do think Michael Keaton was better than Val Kilmer, though. I would agree. And then after Val Kilmer, we do have Clooney. Now, Clooney had the nipple suit. Yeah, that he's remembered for that for sure, which is unfortunate because I I didn't think he did a bad job, but not as good as, as his predecessors. The nipple suit just kind of dragged him down. It was it was it not did. it was not good. That was an interesting film. Uh, Batman and Robin was a very interesting film because it was a very interesting Gotham because you had Robin doing motorcycle races on buildings. You had honors Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mister Freeze. It was just a very interesting rendition and take on that world. And then you squeezed in there Poison Ivy and Bane. Yeah. To make such a weird story. Um, George Clooney is number six for me. He's not, also number six for me as well. <laughs> not the best Batman. Um, enjoyable movie if you're just going in for the fun, but not not the Batman from the comics. For oh, sure. yeah. As a kid, I watched that movie a ton. Because it was one of the few Batman movies I had access to watching a lot. And so, I, being a huge Batman fan, I watched that movie as a kid so many times. Because it was just like, oh, this is so cool. And I was like five or six, maybe a little older. And I was like, oh, I love this. And then I got older and older and was like, ooh. I watched that how many times? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that one also did not age well, unfortunately. Not at all. Not so, at all. Yeah. After that, though, we got Christian Bale. Christian Bale, the probably most iconic Batman, I think. The most well-known to this point, probably. Got, you know, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Great trilogy there. Well-known Batman. I think, honestly sets the standard for Batman in this day and age for our generation at least it's Christian Bale's Batman is setting that standard because when people think about Batman and now we have the newest we have the newest Batman with Robert Patterson people are comparing him to Christian Bale so it's big shoes to fill I I personally I put Bale at number one and I will say this might change as more Robert Patterson movies come out. And I'll get more into that once we start talking about Robert Pattinson. But as of okay. right now, okay. as of right now, Bale's in that number one spot. But Chris, it Christian may Bale for me, I would actually have to say three. Okay. Um, there are the next two we're going to talk about, I think, surpass Christian Bale. Not in a sense of Bale was a bad actor or that he didn't portray Batman properly. It was just, I enjoyed the next two a little bit more in what they were trying to portray as Batman. I definitely see that. Yeah, I think I think Christian Bale for me right now is, is number one because of the the perfect balance of Batman and Bruce Wayne. Because he's a really great Batman. But I think as of right now, 
he's the best Bruce Wayne we've seen. He gets that rich billionaire, oh, I bought the hotel. They're not going to mind. Or I bought this. They're not going to care because I own it. And that kind of attitude, he just does it so well. It's golden. I would agree with that. I think Christian Bale is a phenomenal Bruce Wayne. However, that is the reason why he's number three for me. Um, when we talk about Patterson, we'll, you'll learn a little bit more of why I like him better because we didn't see his Bruce Wayne as much. In That's his what movie. I was going to mention. We did not see Patterson play Bruce Wayne, which is why my list may change as more movies come out. And I actually enjoyed that aspect of Patterson's performance because it actually signifies something specific to me. And I'll talk more about that in our discussion of the Batman. Heck yeah. But... Going from Christian Bale, we have another actor who's been playing the Batman for decades. So he's been playing it ever since probably Michael Keaton. I don't know how long he's been here, but that is Kevin Conroy. Kevin now he has Conroy. Been, he's been the Batman animated series, which I grew up watching a little bit of. And specifically, the ones that I remember of Kevin Conroy are the Arkham Asylum games. Yep. Oh, those games. Oh my gosh, those games are so good. Yeah, he killed it as Batman in those games. And him for me, because of those games and everything, he comes in at third for me. And, and so he would be number, I was. I would probably say one for me, but Patterson and Kevin Conroy are right now wishing, washing back and forth. Mm -hmm. I really like Kevin Conroy's just ability to portray Batman mm -hmm. with only his voice. It's very, yeah. That that aspect of just having no, phys you can't do anything physical, no body language, just pure audible voice and being able to convey a character is extremely impressive. Um, and Batman's not an emotional character. No. Yet Kevin Conroy, it's so weird. When I play those Arkham Asylum games, it comes across so emotional, yet not. Like, mm. Batman is not speaking in like a, I'm sad, I'm mad, I'm angry. Yet the way he portrays the Batman, the way he projects his voice, you can tell there's a range and emotion of Batman without giving it away, if that made sense. That does make sense, yeah. Just that, that tone and tenacity is, the, is not the right word, but... Yeah, just the way he's able to deliver those lines and change his inflection. And that's the word I was looking for. Change his inflection in those lines just kills it. And I think that brings us to both of our number two, if I'm counting correctly. Well, we actually missed one. Did we? Who did we, we miss? Did. Ben Affleck. Oh, that's right, <laughs> because he is not my favorite. Yeah, Ben Affleck played the Batman for two two movies technically none of which were solo none of which were a solo film and he's also i feel like played a very different batman than we've actually seen all of these other guys play he's played the old experienced been at it for so long and near retirement batman and none of these guys have really played that played that version of batman and i honestly i don't think he did a great job for me I think he nailed the old-timey Bruce Wayne, but not really the Batman that I wanted to see. Um, and maybe he could have done better in a solo film, given a little more time to shine, 
little more refinement. He might have done a better job. But with the very few limited screening we saw of him, he's on my seventh spot. He is also on my seventh. But I think for me, it was more of... I don't even think if a solo movie came out with Ben Affleck, I would be excited for it. I just don't see him having the range as Batman to be able to have like a one-on-one villain for a whole movie. Mm. It was not something that I saw in the in the actual movies themselves, like Justice League and Batman versus Superman. Instead, what I saw was honestly the same thing throughout the entire DC, the DC animated universe, which was a weird rendition on the characters that almost compromised their morals. So in Man of Steel, yeah. Superman kills Zod. Like mm-hmm. that's not a thing Superman does. And that annoyed me a little bit, even though that movie's pretty good. And then in Batman, Batman's okay using guns. And yeah. the I I take that as in the Batmobile also. The Batmobile, yeah. he was shooting down people. He was trying to kill Superman. Like mm-hmm. there was no way around that. That's, and that's not, also a Batman not a Batman. Thing. Batman yeah. doesn't kill people. Or and, and Batman's also considered the greatest detective. We've mentioned that already. And I feel like they tried really hard to make him the greatest detective, yet that also fell flat. Oh, really And I don't did. know if that was the writing, and I don't know if that was the acting. But mm-hmm. that's why he's the last on the list for me. Yeah, I honestly forgot about a lot of those those compromising of classic comic book you know, standards. Um, cause it's been so long since I've seen those movies. Cause I was not really a fan of them. Um, I will say I did enjoy the Snyder cut more than the theatrical justice league. I enjoyed I it a lot too. more. Ben Affleck did a little bit better in that one too. I do agree. Um, he did a lot better in that one, but still a little, still left me wanting more in, in not a good way. Like you leave a film, you're like, man, that was so good. I want more. This left me in a, wow, that was good, but it wasn't as good as my expectations. I wanted more from it. So Affleck just did not bring it for me. And that would now, unless you have anything more to say on Affleck, bring not really. us. Yeah. <laughs> that would bring us to Patton, Pattinson, Robert Pattinson. Both of our number two. I will say him and Bale for me go back and forth, um, depending on the day. Because... I think Pattinson has plays the best actual Batman that we've seen because in in the Batman and I, w- I will say right now we're going to be diving into a lot of things in the Batman where we talk about the character how Robert Pattinson plays it spoilers probably going forward you've been warned if you haven't seen the Batman yet I highly recommend going to see it it's really good pause this I podcast would also add there Please don't take your kids to go see this one either. It's PG-13, but it is riding on the fence of R-rated. Yeah, it's has some brutal combat moments, and it's a little creepy at times. Creepy and, dare I say, slow, but in a good way. It's yeah. not a movie that I think kids would enjoy because Batman only fights for maybe 20 to 30 minutes in a three-hour movie. The rest is a lot of dialogue and almost Zodiac Killer-esque type movie. They actually, I was going to get into this when we got into the Batman, but they based a lot of Riddler's 
stuff on the Zodiac Killer. Um, gotcha. Fun fact. <laughs> uh, they took a lot of inspiration from that. Uh, yeah, so spoilers going forward for the Batman. And if you haven't seen it, go see it. Just don't take your kids. They're not going to enjoy this one. They yeah, will they, have nightmares. They probably wouldn't. But yeah, so now I'm going to give a moment. That time for people to pause, come back. All right. If you're still with us, heck yeah. But for Robert Pattinson, I think he's played our best Batman that we've seen in a long time because Batman has always been known in the comics as the world's greatest detective. And he showed that detective side. Like like you were saying, he doesn't fight a lot in this movie. It is all detective noir like investigation and he does it so well of getting pieces and getting clues and piecing it all together and he does such a great job at that the reason i have him kind of in that number two sometimes buds into number one spot is because i haven't seen his bruce wayne yet because i think that that flip side of that coin from that batman and bruce wayne both sides is important for me personally and so i'm excited to see him going forward Especially, and I'm going to get into this as I talk about like future stuff for the Batman and like the Batman 2. I think we're going to see him play Bruce Wayne more in the second one. And so I'm excited to see that and excited to see how he does. Because I think he has the potential to be a really great Bruce Wayne. And this is actually where we differ. I actually gave the score higher. He's my number two above Bale because... This is his second year as Batman, if I remember correctly. Yep, year two. And he is still learning how to be Batman. Now, from the comics I've read, from the research I've done, and from just talking with multiple people at the movie theater, Batman is the character. Bruce Wayne is the mask. Yes. In a lot of the stories, in a lot of the media, and... I love that. I hated it when I watched the movie. I was like, I want more Bruce Wayne. Why didn't we have more Bruce Wayne? And then when I started thinking about it, I was like, no, this is really cool because we got to see Bruce Wayne basically become so engulfed in the Batman that Mm -hmm. this was who he was. He was staying up late. He had no sleep. He would actually use those contact lenses to remember everything because he was not sleeping as much. Also, and coolest thing that we saw that because that is like a, a very much comic book thing that he's done is having the contacts to like record and like the HUD and everything that we've never actually seen in like a live action Batman. Oh, that is so today. cool. I didn't know that was I did the, not know that was a thing. Yeah. So he's had some of that in some of the different comic book renditions of like different stuff with like he's had HUDs on it and stuff. It's pretty cool. So going going back to why I think he's better than Bale is because he portrayed a Bruce Wayne that doesn't know how to be Bruce Wayne. That is true. And I thought that was such good acting because you basically have to act like the character you're portraying. Yet you have to portray it as if this isn't the actual person you are and you're pretending to be the actual person you are. That sound is so weird and so random, but that's Batman. But it makes sense. <laughs> that does make sense yeah honestly because like he's been like they mentioned it in the movie um i think uh falcone mentions it and saying that when he sees bruce wayne at the funeral he's like hey look it's the only other person more reclusive than me and so no one has seen bruce wayne for two years 
or longer actually he's probably probably no one that has seen him since like his parents death um and so then for the past two years he's been the batman and so that is true he's a very different bruce wayne than we were expecting and i think going forward we'll see that classic rich you know billionaire uh bruce wayne because he yeah. will have to make more appearances and things like that but that is true and i did like that aspect because i also recognize that I'm like he's not playing the bruce wayne that we know he's praying he's playing batman and bruce wayne is just kind of there the yeah bruce wayne is the costume and we haven't even really seen that full costume yet exactly and i'm hoping that's what the second movie is going to really dive into is more of the split personality and him learning to be both yeah yeah i'm uh, excited and like i said he's that number two but like he it's a wave him and bale switch switch spots constantly in my head depending on the day because i like i said i think pattinson has played the best batman that we've seen in a long time and i'm excited to see how he does with bruce wayne going forward um but yeah so that's kind of my list for uh for batman's batman 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 you know what i mean <laughs> the, the batman. batman um but yeah we've kind of already started talking about the movie so do we do, do we just want to dive in and just yeah let's just dive right yeah. into it so full-on spoiler review of what we thought on the batman oh man where do you want to start characters yeah let's start with the actors and characters we've already hit pattison phenomenal batman played it beautifully um a very stoic take which i appreciated um he did not give a lot of emotion yet just like kevin conroy i think he gave a lot of emotion through his demeanor Mm -hmm. his physical like take on the character and honestly some of his just grunts and i don't even know the word like there's just the verbal outcry on like some of the hits he yeah oh yeah he did a great job um and i know a lot of people were afraid when he got casted because they've only they haven't seen him in many things besides like twilight and like i literally had one of my coworkers the other day mention that she wasn't she didn't want to go see it because she's like oh it's robert patterson playing pattinson as as batman like that's not gonna be good like i and i'm like well have you seen him in anything besides twilight and she's like no i've just seen twilight and like that's why he hated uh, doing Twilight, so he didn't do a good job. But every other yeah. movie he's in, he knocks it out of the park. This one included The Devil All the Time, The Lighthouse, Tenant, um, Tenant. Yeah, he Tenet. kills it in Tenant. Um, I think this is. I think he did better in this than he did in Tenant. Honestly, and I, so I think I haven't seen Lighthouse, which I've heard is his best movie that he's done in a long time um but i would put this up there with that just phenomenal just his like the way he would stand in crime scenes and the cops would like be like talking and then like almost run into him and be like oh sorry it's just such an imposing figure and like he's saying nothing yeah even he's just standing there even in the last scene when he goes back to the crime scene and one of the cops is like hey you're not supposed to be here all he does is look at him slowly and that guy backs down. Yeah. And that happens multiple times. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's so cool to Yeah, see. and just the way, like, kind of the reverse of, um, 
um, forget his name, Kevin Conroy, the reverse of Kevin Conroy. Like Kevin Conroy made a big, great Batman because of just the way he was able to portray the character with just his voice. And I think Patterson does a great job of just his body language, just being able just to stand yeah. there and be imposing and be like, oh crap, like you feel dangerous and you're just standing there. Great job. And and I also think just with his body language itself, it also showed that he was new to all this. His fighting was not like Christian Bale's, no. where Christian Bale was a phenomenal fighter. His Batman knew exactly what to do, and he didn't really have much trouble in the fighting. Pattinson struggled. Hits. There was every single fight scene. Yeah. And he's only going to learn from there, which I'm excited to see a progression. Mm -hmm. But aside from Pattinson, I do want to mention the other character that I think did probably the best, maybe even better than Pattinson, to be honest. And that's Colin. Um, Farrell. I can't think of his last Farrell. name right now. Colin as a. Yeah, Colin mm -hmm. Farrell as the painter. Dude. He's such a good job. Such a good job. He had a way of stealing scenes that he was in like just absolutely stealing scenes and one the makeup and things he probably had to go through to look like that i'm not jealous of that because he probably spent hours in a chair getting all the makeup and everything because he looks nothing nothing like the penguin in that movie but just oh man his his voice his body language absolutely kills it. Steals every scene he's in. Great casting. Oh, yeah. And I think I want to talk about arcs after we're done with characters. So I'm really just basing it off of the actors and their portrayal right now. But he he portrayed it in such a great way where, first off, when he got casted, I was a little disappointed. I was like, this doesn't look like the Penguin at all. Yeah. And then when they finally showed his prosthetics and what he looked like, I was like, okay, you casted him for the acting and you're going to make him look like the penguin. And it was phenomenal performance. And none of it is, how should I put this? None of it is action oriented no. with him. He's not in a single fight it, at all the entire film. Yeah. I don't think he's in a single fight. He just walks in and just talks and, is just kind of a jerk and kind of the, yeah, arrogance. the arrogant pain in the butt guy. And he plays it so well. I also appreciate that. Apparently he fought tooth and nail to have a cigar. He wanted to have a cigar for at least one of the scenes that he was in, but they actually kept telling him no because they, for reasons they didn't want him to have a cigar and so I'm hoping as we see more Penguin in the TV show, maybe, because they had they greenlit for an HBO spinoff TV show. I'm hoping to see him pick up a cigar and start smoking cigars. Cause that would be awesome. Not gonna lie, when they when they announced the Penguin TV show, wasn't very interested in it. After seeing the Batman, I will oh, watch it. Oh yeah. I am going to watch him play Penguin. Yeah. Anything he's in playing Penguin, I will watch and I will be excited for. Because he does such, such a good job. Um, another person I wanted to talk about was Jeremy Wright. 
playing James Gordon because I was I was excited. Uh, I think I think that's Jeffrey. Oh, sorry, did I say Jeremy? I meant Jeffrey. My bad. Thank yeah. you for that correction. Uh, Jeffrey Wright. You're all good. He is probably one of my favorite actors right he's now. He's so good. Um, but I when he got casted, I was like, all right, you're good. But Gary Oldman left big shoes to fill. So let's see how you do. Absolutely killed it. Knocked it out of the park. Just. And I think, honestly, every single person we're going to bring up, we're going to say that they absolutely killed it because this cast did a great job. We could probably spend the next Absolutely. 30 minutes going through this cast and say how good of a job they did. Because um, everyone did. Even uh, Catwoman, uh, Zoe yes. Kravitz. Did I say that right? I don't know right? if you said it right, but you did get attempt. <laughs> she she did phenomenal as Catwoman too. Like She portrayed it as a way of almost like an orphan, like trying to make sure that she could survive but at the same time getting what she wants and did it in a way that was unique yeah. and very reminiscent of uh, some of the mediums I've already seen of Catwoman, especially the Arkham mm-hmm. games. And I would also add up there, Carmen Falcone. I cannot think of the actor's name for it, but I did not realize he would be in John Turturro. Yeah. Isn't he more of like a comedian? Like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, okay, there's no way he's playing Falcone. Yeah, I was surprised because I didn't look at the cast really before I saw the movie. And so when he came on the screen as Falcone, I was like, wait a second. Is that the guy from Transformers? The Sector 7 guy? <laughs> and he kept talking. I was like, it is. It is the, sec- the Section 7 guy from Transformers. And... He plays such a different character. And I haven't seen him really in anything besides Transformers. But he did a good job. I was surprised, pleasantly surprised on how well he did. Because as soon as I realized it was him, I was a little nervous. Because I was like, oh, okay, we'll see how he does. Kills it. Plays it well. One character I can't say that he did a phenomenal job. Because I want to see more of him. And that's Alfred. Andy Andy Serkis. Serkis played Alfred. Alfred. Yet did not get a lot of screen time. I'm thinking maybe five to seven minutes. Yeah, it wasn't a ton. It wasn't a lot. Yeah, I know. But his portrayal was a very unique take. It reminded me of almost Gotham's uh, Alfred, where he was ex-military. He wasn't the prim and proper butler, Mm -hmm. but he was more of the protector of Bruce. Yeah. And yet also knowing that I'm not going to be able to stop you from doing what you're going to do. Uh, I want to see more Andy Serkis as Alfred because I actually really enjoyed the the take he did. Um, very different than what we've seen in the past. But I I, I kind of differ. I really enjoyed it. And I, I'm excited to see more. Because um, I want him to be, play more of a role in, in going forward. Because I think he did a really good job. Um, I might be a little biased because I'm a really big Batman fan. honesty i might be um but yeah i really enjoyed i really enjoyed his his take on it and i'm excited to see what he does going forward um someone we do have to talk about before we move on is a specific character that i did not expect to be in this film i expected them to go 
get there eventually. But I know who you're talking about, but I think we have to talk about his partner first. Okay, I see you. We never mention Paul. Um, can't think of his last name. Dano, the Riddler. Paul Dano. Yeah, he. Wow, like I know he's played villains before in the past, and he has a really good range. But wow, was that Riddler a good Riddler? But going to the character that you're about to say, continue with that. I, I think I know who you're talking about. I I think you know who I'm exactly who I'm talking about, and I'm talking about the Joker. I did not expect them to bring in the Joker because I didn't realize they casted one because on like IMDb and like cast listings, he's not listed as the Joker. He's listed as unseen Arkham prisoner. So (laughs) clever, very clever. Um, But he kills it. He kills the little bit of what we've seen. He gives us a nice little taste and, you know, just gives you a nice, a little bit. And just leaves you wanting more. That's how I. And left. it's a different take on it too. It even his laugh that he had was not a maniacal laugh. It was more of just a really creepy laugh. Yeah, like something that I'm like, okay, something's funny, but it's only funny to you type laugh. Yeah, that like psychopath laugh. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think, and I'm I'm standing by this now. It's a bold statement. It's bold. But I think, I don't know how to say his last name, Barry Conahan, Cohen I think he has the potential to be one of the best Jokers we've seen. I know it's a, it's I can a, see that. It's a bold statement. And I've, I, again, he was only on the screen for 30 seconds, maybe less. But just the way. He went back and forth with the Riddler and like the everyone loves a comeback story part. It's just like it was so I just saw it and it just clicked for me. And I was like, okay, okay, we have a lot of potential here. I do like that interaction, but it does make me think that we're not going to get a full on Joker as the villain for Batman, the for Pattinson's. We're going to get more of a team up which we've seen in the comics and in other mediums before. But I also don't think it's going to be for the Batman I totally agree. You will not see for Batman 2. I I think we got some others that they hinted at that are going to bring a lot more pain to Batman's history. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. The setup that they've done in this movie for future things is great. And, I, I want to see the movie again because the more you watch this movie, the more details you notice and the more things you pick up and the better it gets because it just gets so much better every time because this movie's all about the details. And so you catch all these little things that they're hinting at and they're setting up for future and it's going to be good. Is there any more characters you would like to talk about? Not characters, but I do want to talk about character arcs. Because something that I felt like this movie did very well was having unique developments between each character. Mm. So even the villains had an arc from the beginning of when you saw them to the end. And a lot of them were drastic. A lot of them were very subtle. But they all 
did something and to prove a point almost. So the first one I want to say is Batman, of course. We have to talk about yeah, his arc. His origin story. And with him, also, before we can even talk about his arc, we have to talk about his inter- introduction. That introduction to Batman is my favorite Batman introdu- introduction to all same. mediums. 100% having same. A voice, having a voiceover for Batman, I was a little hesitant about. As soon as it started, I was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> and then you started seeing the fear in everyone. Yep. And then Batman comes out of the shadows. And they're like scared, but they're ready to fight him. And you see this brutality mm-hmm. in Batman that we don't see. And the whole, the one line that we saw in the trailers and we saw in this one, it hit harder in the movie. I'm vengeance. Beating this one guy. Yeah, and then just going, I'm vengeance. And that right there starts his character arc. And it's this idea that Batman became Batman not because of justice, not because of hope, not because of a good cause, but because he's Mm -hmm. vengeance. He wants enemies to fear him and fear him alone so that even if he's not in the shadows, they're scared. And going off of that, I think this was one of the best descriptions of the bat signal that I've ever seen in the sense of like, yeah, it's telling Batman, oh, Gordon needs you or it's telling Gordon Batman needs you or whatever. But it's also like I love the way it just sparks fear in all of these people that he's nowhere near any of these people, but they're afraid and they're terrified that he is right there. And I loved that just visual and being able to see that was just so cool. But yeah, his arc, it was, yeah, it was so good. And from what I was, from what I gathered and you can reiterate or explain it a little bit more based off the comics, but the way I saw it is he started out as a very brutal, like very brutal, vengeful Batman to learning a lot more about the sins of his father um, and a lot about Gotham as a whole. And then coming towards the end when the Riddler's army was after him and you get this brutal Batman beating the crap out of one of the Riddler's army members and he just takes off his mask and looks at Batman's like, I'm vengeance. Yeah. And it's the look in Batman's eyes where it's like, what have I Mm -hmm. done? I caused this. This was my fault. My vengeance, my, um, I can't even think of the word right now. The revenge that Batman was trying to do based off of who he had become changed him. Oh yeah. And then we saw Batman, helping the civilians in this beautiful scene that was shot just breathtaking. Oh, it's such a good moment. And I think that's where we finally get that that's where we finally get his finished arc there where it's I'm no longer the Batman that wants to make them fear because that's not changing mm-hmm. anything. I need to be the cause of justice, not fear. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I love that in this movie. And one scene that like really sparks um, this kind of the start of change in him too is when Riddler asked him to come to Arkham. 
and have a conversation. And they're in that that yeah. scene. And I love how in this, they made it known that Riddler knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. But he didn't. He, I think he did. I think he... No, because at the very end, he's like... Yeah, he, uh, said, he mentions... We, we, we missed, missed one. one. We missed he one. He mentions that. I think he, Riddler was playing to the camera at that moment. So I think when he started saying the Bruce Wayne... Bruce Wayne. I think he was letting Batman know, I know you're Bruce Wayne. I know that you're Bruce Wayne, but I'm not going to let them know you're Bruce Wayne. I'm not going to let the public know this. So I'm just going to let you know okay. that I know. Because that's always been a comic book thing of Riddler's always known who Batman is. Because Batman and Riddler are the only, like, the most intelligent people. Like, Riddler's so intelligent, and that's why he's always challenging Batman, is because everyone else is just too stupid to keep up with him. And that's how I've I've always seen Riddler, um, and so I I always I viewed that scene as, hey, I know you're Bruce Wayne, but I'm gonna word this differently at the very very end, just so everyone else thinks that I'm talking about the one that got away. Okay, I can see yeah. that. But yeah, that scene does a great job of just kind of propelling his arc. Because even Riddler is like, you inspired me. You showed me that just a little bit of controlled violence can change people and make them afraid. And so those moments in that in that conversation, I feel like really sparked Batman realizing the the impact he's had and not a good one. And so I think those okay. two scenes of him beating that one army member and then that dialogue with Riddler just made him realize like, Oh, who I can do, I can make a difference and I am just not the difference I'm wanting to make. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, kind of switching gears with characters. What did you think? Cause I, I want to combine characters here. what did you think of the character arcs between Carmen Falcone? Yeah. I think I said his name, right? Carmen Falcone and, um Catwoman. I thought that was really interesting. Um I not gonna lie, I don't know a ton of I know I know Catwoman when she's linked to Batman, like the romance and stuff, comic book wise. But I didn't I don't know if that parental relationship is comic book accurate. And so I was surprised because I've never heard of it. And so I was like, oh, interesting. I'll have to do some research. And I haven't been able to yet. But I I did like the story. It it presented a really fun story and a very interesting story. Um and I was surprised that Falcone is already dead, that they killed him in this. But Yeah. But I did like it it brought a lot of history and a lot of depth to her character because Catwoman's always been a thief and kind of that anti hero thief of like she'll do the right thing if it helps her. But deep down, she's a good person, but she kind of masks it with the crime and things. Um, and so I did like how they tied her to Falcone in that sense because it kept her in the story. Yeah. And I think I enjoyed a lot of her just background. Like, we didn't get a lot of background with Christian Bale's Catwoman, uh, Anna Hathaway's. And I felt like this was more of 
Catwoman's origin than it was Batman's at times. And that was really refreshing to see. But going with Carmen Falcone, wow. Um, did not see him dying. Um, but it definitely projected the Penguin oh, story yeah. I was just about to mention that, how much his death just created. I mean, even Catwoman at the end of the movie mentions it, how there's a power vacuum now. There is a power vacuum in the criminal underworld of Gotham, and it is perfect for Penguin to assume his rightful role in that Gotham underworld mob structure as this powerful man that's pulling the strings with a lot of forces under his belt. Yeah, and even with the Penguin himself, his arc was very well done where it was, yeah, I'm just here. I know a lot of information, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to be arrogant about it. And over the course of the movie and all the dialogue you get with him, you realize he's pulling a lot more strings than he puts on. Oh, yeah. And then when Falcone dies, he jumps on it. Yeah. Like, I, for a second, I thought he was going to pull the trigger and take out Falcone himself, but he was too smart for that, which I appreciated that he didn't. And that was the first thing out of his mouth. It was like, oh, I didn't pull the trigger. It wasn't me. Um, but yeah, great character arc. Perfect, well done of just, like you were saying, seemed like, oh, I'm just here, but it was really just pulling so many strings and background and influencing choices. And yeah, I'm very excited for the the penguin tv show because i think it's going to take place post batman and before batman 2 and so it's going to be a lot about how he takes. I, I think that's what they're doing yeah and so i think it's gonna be how he takes power and starts creating his his organization and just starts growing it and so by the time batman 2 comes out he will have an empire set up already and is ready to go all right, I got a question for you because this has to deal with the penguin in my mind. What's your favorite scene of the whole movie? Oh, man. Favorite scene of the whole movie. That's a hard question. Honestly, okay. I can. Yeah, go first. Go first. I can pinpoint it down to the moment the Batmobile enters. That was a great moment i think this is my favorite batmobile oh same and the introduction to it i was in a movie theater not imax but as soon as you start hearing just a rumble it's not even the noise of a car it's like the rumble and my seat started shaking and i was like this is the batmobile Mm -hmm. and i started getting so excited and slowly got louder and louder and the lights come on and it's the beautiful Batmobile. Best introduction to the Batmobile, but also one of the best scenes in the movie is the car chase. That was a great scene. I will say that's probably one of my favorite scenes is the end of the car chase where you're viewing the upside from Penguin's point of view, the Batman walking from the Batmobile to, to Penguin's car. Probably one of my favorite top three um, is that. But dude, yeah, I love that Batmobile because I, I went into it and I was unsure from the trailers. I was like, oh, we'll see. It looks interesting. I have to see more of it. I'm not sure. The Tumblr is hard to beat. Christian Bale's Tumblr is an awesome Batmobile. Really interesting. Um, and so I was curious. 
what made this Batmobile for me, one, you see all the pieces from it leading up in the Batcave. He's working on the engine and you see belts, you see like parts of engine, like the engine and things like that. You see pieces of it dismantled and you so you see the progression of it throughout the film or maybe not the progression but you see parts of it and so it's like for me i was like oh he they're hinting at it oh they're doing this they're okay they're building up to it and then like you said once it starts once that engine turned on and i love how at first it's not even the lights it's just the engine's running so hot it's the red glow from the engine yeah that's lighting the engine like bay and i was like oh crap dang that engine's like oh i was i loved it i loved every second of it and it turned into my favorite batmobile hands down speaking favorite batmobile of right now. sound the score oh this score this score is so good like oh my gosh also have you read the names of the songs in the score i have not they're pretty funny. Michael um, Galashian, Galashino? I know I'm saying that wrong. Giacchino? Giacchino? I think that's what it is. He is funny. Because, um, like, so, like, one of the song's names is Moving In for the Gill. Um, Caller ID. <laughs> like, just these little things of, like, Highway to the Angry Anger Zone. Like, come on like that's you can't funny. get better than that like and so literally all of them are around those like around that type of vein of like kind of punny um like for all your penny worth like <laughs> they're just they're so funny and he, just great after this movie the first thing i came out of the theater thinking was that score was beautiful the strings the melodies mm-hmm. the the way he built it and then kind of like left you in suspense at points, just phenomenal. And it actually made me really excited to see some of his other work. Did not realize he was the one to do a lot of Pixar movies like Ratatouille and The Incredibles, but he also did Jurassic World. He did um, some of the Marvel ones specifically. He's about to do Thor Love and Thunder. And that makes me really excited to hear some of that score. That's going to be a good movie. Um, and if he's doing the score, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I have a movie themes playlist on Spotify. And I didn't realize it was him that did the Batman. But I knew him from Ratatouille. Because I have part of like one of the Ratatouille songs in that, in that playlist. And as soon as I went to the Batman one, saw so I was him. I was like, oh my gosh that's where I know his name from. Oh man, that explains so much. He does such a great job of building suspense. And like, I've noticed as he does a lot of like repeating of like notes, like note segments. And it just has a way of building that suspense and putting you on the edge of your seat as you're watching whatever unfold on the screen. And it just adds so much to the visual of whatever's happening and the movement and the fight or the detective work or them driving through the rain or whatever. It just adds so much to the scene. 
he does a great job of just coming alongside what the scene is trying to to show and like express and just amping it up and making it yeah and i even talked to one of my uh co-workers and i think it was one of my co-workers we were just talking about the score they hadn't seen it yet and i was like the score is phenomenal if anything just go see it for the score and they're like you do know who did christopher nolan's right like yeah hans zimmer did but personally i think this one beats it it's a good score it's It's a good score yeah and that like hans zimmer is one of my favorite like movie composers like the interstellar score is one of my favorites he just does a great job and this is up there i agree like this is up there with with the dark knight you know soundtrack and I, I might be with you. It might be better. I have to listen to both of them like side by side, but it might beat it. It's such a good way of just, con- like I was saying, conveying and coming alongside what's happening in the scenes. And it's just written so well. I was listening to it today, actually, um, when I was doing some sermon prep. And I was listening to it, and I was just like, dang, this is good. My mom did not like it, but I I think it's great. It's so good. <laughs> So what else about the movie did you find maybe even lacking or just top-notch? Well, I will say one of the things I didn't like, and something I wasn't the biggest fan of, was the squirrel suit for his gliding. Yeah. I will say I, I, I agree. I understand. I think I understand Matt Reeves' vision. I think he's trying to make the character like more a little more grounded make it a little more logical and it's a new Batman. So he doesn't have all the tech that like Ben Affleck, not Ben Affleck, that Christian Bales had. Um, And so he may not have the ability to have the, the, you know, the glide cape and all of that. And so this was, and you could see in his face, like he was afraid of the height. And this was like one of the first times he probably attempted it. And so I could see that logic. And so I respect the logic. But I just didn't, it, it didn't feel, that moment didn't feel like What Batman it felt to like me. to me was, like you said, this is the first time he probably did it. And it felt that way when he hit himself on, <laughs> I think it was a bridge and yeah, literally just crashed. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, this isn't the last time we're going to see this. Matt Reeves has plans. And I think yeah. those plans include giving him the comic accurate wings but having this as his first like flight test. I totally agree. And I think I think I'll like it better and it won't annoy me as much is if in Batman 2 we see a progression and we see almost in the Batcave in the background the wingsuit being retired or something like that and then him having the the cape, you know, the classic, you know, glide cape. And if we have that progression, if we see that progression, I won't mind this in being in the this movie. I'll be like, okay, since there's a plan, since there's a progression, I'm okay with it. It's okay to like it wouldn't annoy me as much. Um, but as of right now, I'm not the biggest fan of it. But we'll see as it goes forward. But that's really the only thing that like I didn't like in the movie. I had one. 
and it would actually have to deal with the Riddler. Okay. Love love the rendition of the Riddler. I, I should preference that. I think it's a really cool, modern, unique take that resembles the Zodiac Killer, that resembles like what an actual Riddler modern day would be like. Mm-hmm. Realistic. However, I do kind of miss the whole playing games with other people. Yeah. Because when you find out that the Riddler thought that Batman was his partner, it kind of changes a lot of the movie, in my opinion, of these aren't games messing with Batman. These are his way of including Batman in his game. Yeah. It's a little different. It is. And I'm hoping that if we see Riddler again, which I'm fairly sure we'll see him again with the Joker, maybe in the Batman 3 or a TV show or something, we will see that version of him where he's going to be a villain who's just sole goal is going to be messing with people i totally agree um and i was actually going to mention that i think now that especially batman kind of ended that delusion of that the riddler had of like the riddler thought they were partners and thought that they like he was including him into his plan and they were working together and now that the riddler knows that they weren't i think we're going to see a very different riddler going forward um I think we'll see, like you're saying, that more. I'm gonna test Batman's intelligence. I'm gonna mess with people. I'm going to just be that you know psychopath genius that he is, you know. And I think we'll see that more going forward, because um, there are rumors that for the Batman two, the villain that they might be setting up is Hush, which would be and amazing. I can get to de- we'll get into details on why we I think that they're setting that up in a little bit, but part of the the theory is Hush is actually going to be going after Bruce Wayne, and so Hush will be hunting Bruce Wayne because of what Thomas Wayne. The theory is that Tom the that the reporter that Thomas Wayne accidentally had killed is going to be Thomas Elliot's dad, Hush's father, and. Now that all that news has been leaked out to the public, Hush is going to emerge and wanting to kill Bruce Wayne. And so he's going to be trying to kill Bruce Wayne. And to kill Bruce Wayne, he's going to have to occupy Batman somehow. And so the theory is he's going to stage an Arkham breakout. And so Joker, Riddler, all these other Arkham inmates are going to get released to occupy Batman so Hush can Which take would out be Bruce a really Wayne. cool, interesting setup because there's a rumor also that one of the TV shows, which there's multiple TV shows that have been announced. So like the Penguin TV show, uh, GCPD was canceled, but they might be coming with that one. But the other one is an Arkham Asylum TV show about the origins of the asylum and also maybe some of the origins of the people in there like Joker, maybe Killer Croc's in there. Maybe we have Bane in there to hey there was some venom in this movie that was a bane setup with uh batman injecting himself with a very very tiny bit of venom which was so i think if if they bring in bane we will see the best live action yeah i think ever seen aside christopher nolan's bane was good tom tom hardy did a phenomenal job with it 
but, but not comic like, accurate. No, and I felt like Bane didn't fit into the world as he should have. Whereas Matt Reeves, being this dark city of Gotham, Bane would fit very well in this world. Oh, yeah. Being that, you know, dealing with drugs. And they're already setting that up with drops uh, and drop heads and things like that. And so it'd be perfect if Bane was a supplier of that. And now you have Venom and the classic green Venom that just made him so angry and so pissed. It feeds right into Bane. And so I'm very excited to see if Bane is already locked up in this this Arkham show. And it, it may lead right into Batman 2. If they go the hush route and he doesn't he stages an Arkham break, we could get a lot of really cool villains for Batman 3. Um or even a lot of cool fights if they do some like short fights with villains that Batman has already faced. Like Joker. It's hinted at joker and batman have a history already that batman already put him in arkham and there's actually a a rumored deleted scene between batman and joker that they talk about their anniversary coming up and so a lot of cool things that they've done i really want to see that deleted scene as much as i like joker and as much as i'm i'm loving the rendition that barry is doing I don't want to see him in the second movie. I really don't. I think we need a a nice break from the Joker. And you mentioned Hush as a potential villain, but I'm really leaning towards Court of Owls. I've seen some videos hinting that a lot of people think they're going towards Court of Owls. I forget the, the reason why they said that, but I would love, 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 love to see Court of Owls because it's such a very interesting arc, very hard arc to do, but I think they do great at it. So Court of Owls is the one of the only Batman arcs that I've actually read. And what I noticed in the movie is the whole sins with your father kind of arc. And it really had to deal with, I think if I remember correctly, the Court of Owls tried to get the Waynes to be a part of it and they declined. And it's assumed that they might have been killed based off the Court of Owls and stuff like that. But they want Bruce Wayne or Damian Wayne, I think in the comics it was, but they want one of them in because they're a prestigious mm-hmm. group. And it'd be really cool to see that in this rising of New Gotham, the Court of Owls starting to take a little bit more yeah. charge in shaping Gotham the way it's supposed to, in their mind, be shaped. Especially with now everything out in the open of the Wayne Foundation crumbling and nothing being done about it. Well, what better way to get all this done than have a Wayne on the court? Even more so with Falcone being taken out, got that power vacuum now. And so the perfect opportunity for Penguin, Court of Owls, all of these powerful groups to rise up in the shadows and assume authority so matt reeves has set up this world so well to where he has so many options for the second film and i know you said you don't want to see joker and i don't want to see joker as a main villain i think we've seen joker as main villain a lot lately i would love to see like what we basically saw in this movie like 30 seconds not even just a couple lines, an interaction, then that's it. 
I would love to see just that kind of keep building it, you know, keep building that like suspense and that, you know, are we going to see more? No, not yet. Okay. You know, and just kind of that, keep the train slowly building, keep that powder keg building until like Batman three, or if they keep going four and then have Joker just run wild. Cause then you have that build up, that would have be that really build fun. up for three, two or three films and then just let them go nuts. Before we sign off, I have one negative thing with the movie. So I hope you can finish off with one positive. So leaving the movie, I only had, aside from the the previous one I had, there was only two negatives I had. This one had to deal with the pace. Okay. The pace of the movie was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. I love the slow scenes. But you really could have chopped off maybe 20 seconds of every scene, saved you maybe 15 minutes of the movie, and everything would have been okay. Because there were some scenes, especially between Catwoman and Batman, that for about 20 seconds, they were staring into each <laughs> other's eyes. That's it. Love the score to it, but it could have been cut. Yeah, I see that. I see that there's some some parts that probably could have taken out and it wouldn't have lost anything. Um, yeah, I see you. I see that logic. Um, I think you covered that perfectly. One positive, I will say, is, and I've kind of mentioned this already, is the details that are subtly placed in there that you can't get unless you see this movie multiple times. I think I mentioned that I've seen it twice already at the point of recording this. And one of the things I even noticed in my second viewing is the first time Selena Kyle leaves the Iceberg Lounge you see an apartment light turn on in one of the buildings. And if I'm correct, that's the Riddler's apartment that he's posted up in at the end of the movie where he kills Falcone from. And the light turns on, signifying that he's there the entire time. And so just little details like that of you need to watch it twice because you need to know or three times or four times because you need to know the story and notice things like that. Like, oh, that's Penguin. That's Riddler's apartment that he's in later. Oh, dang, that's so cool. Just things like that just make this movie so good and will make it better and better the more you watch it. Okay. I might have to go watch this again. I might have time tomorrow. Maybe <laughs> I'll go check uh, check it out. But yeah, just those little details. And I know I missed more things. Like I've I've heard rumors of things in the background that I need to go back and and watch to see if I can catch some things. But there's just so many things, subtle details, because I know they hinted at more, you know, Batman characters and Batman things that I missed. And so I'm I'm excited to go see it again. If you haven't seen it and you've been listening, sorry for all the spoilers. We did warn you, but let us know what you guys thought of the film. Let, leave us a comment message us on Instagram if you thought we missed anything or if we if you agree or disagree or we'd love to hear your thoughts on just this movie what you think of Robert Pattinson as as Batman I think we're going to be we we're going to be with him for a while so let us know your thoughts we'd love to hear it 
Yeah, and like always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider uh, subscribing. And uh, just let us know. Uh, we're on Instagram at It's All Geek to Me. Let us know what you want to hear. And uh, we're here every week. Take it away, Tim. Yeah, every Monday, same bat time, same bat channel. And along those lines, we want to give a big thank you and shout out to Nathan Stryker for writing and recording our new intro. I hope you guys are liking it. I'm sure I sure am. I'm loving it. So thank you to him for recording that. And I hope you enjoyed the episode because you know it's all geek to me.